0: Welcome to Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. I'm host Chuck Nichols with my co-host Jason Gottesman, the spokesman for the House Republican Caucus here in Pennsylvania. And boy, do we have a mouthful today, appropriately because we were really trying to help out restaurants across the Commonwealth this week. The governor is maintaining his iron fist of control and we nearly had a chance to get some freedom in this state, but it's deja vu all over again, Jason. What happened here? Why does it feel like this is a broken record? Well, it's funny you say
1: we have a mouthful here, but there's going to be a lot of people without a mouthful, not only people who want to go to restaurants uh, who are not allowed to go to, not only because their restaurant is permanently shut down because of this governor's overbroad and restrictive uh, shutdown orders, but uh, workers and restaurant owners who are trying to feed their families that are dependent upon the hospitality industry uh, and the restaurant industry. And that's not just people who work directly for those restaurants or those companies. This is a downstream problem, too. You have farmers, suppliers, dry cleaners, all sorts of people that service these restaurants that are dependent upon the business. Uh, and basically, at 50%, you're just breaking even. Um, you know, These restaurants have done a great job of, of keeping people employed, paying for benefits, making sure that, that, that their families are fed, that they can keep their jobs. And, and keeping the doors open so that, frankly, other families can be fed because there's many families out there, believe it or not, who uh, you know get most of their food from uh, restaurants, whether they be uh, you know small family-owned restaurants, or fast food restaurants, or. Um, you know what, what have you? So this is a very important thing that we try to do to save literally hundreds of thousands of jobs. But unfortunately, unless it's uh, legalizing prostitution or marijuana, Democrats really don't seem to be too interested in it. And um, you know, frankly, that that's really upset. And and we're, this this is this, there's some some myths about what uh, what this bill would have done. And that this is not you know open restaurants to 100 percent capacity uh, without any restrictions tomorrow. You need physical barriers. Uh, all of the governor's restrictions in terms of of mask wearing, social distancing, um, and so forth would still be in place. Um, it would really take away just what, what, what would have been really the most restrictive component to that, which is, uh, you know, no, disallowing bar service, um, requiring to have, uh, be, be, have a meal. Uh, in order to, to buy alcohol now, you know. Look, there are two things that that hot dogs aren't: one, a sandwich, and two, a magical cure against COVID nineteen. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, frankly, th- there's some really things that really don't make sense that the governor did. Uh, we were trying to make some sense of this while making sure that safety is prioritized. Um, but you know, not enough Democrats were willing to stand up for the uh, people of Pennsylvania, and were more willing to stand up for for the governor. Uh, and uh, and and that's really too bad. And
0: that's the recurring point that we have here is that that uh, a lot of people voted for this bill. The very first time this passed overwhelmingly with what we would have called a veto proof majority. And and we come down to this vote and it just barely squeaks by uh, with the governor maintaining his control and, and, and not giving power back to the people of the state. Um, these restaurants clearly, they already have lots of restrictions on on how they deal because they're a, an organ a group of people that deal with public health all the time they're wearing gloves they're washing their hands this is not a big restriction on them why why are why are some people standing in lockstep with the governor when it really doesn't benefit the people here uh towards
1: election year uh, and the governor is punitive uh, and, and has been not only to members of his own party but people outside of this capital who speak up against uh, what are unfair, overbroad, and draconian measures that really don't make much sense, are not supported by data, and are really more about keeping power within himself. So. Um, you know, look, this is an, uh, again, as you said, deja vu all over again. Um, you know, the House Republican caucus, uh, and, you know, frankly, a few brave Democrats have been insistent that, um, you know, we want to stand up for the people of Pennsylvania. We're not beholden to any particular party or leader or anything. We want to make sure that. Uh, the people who sent us here have their voices represented. Uh, the House of Representatives, uh, more so than any other body uh, here in Pennsylvania, is uh, the voice of the people. We're closest to the people. Our members are, are represent about sixty-six thousand people each of them. They're visible in their communities. They're known by many of their neighbors. Uh, they hear everything when they go back home about what's really going on on the ground. They're not removed from the process. They are uh, immersed in what's happening to, to their neighbors, to their friends, to their family, and uh, they bring that those concerns back here to Harrisburg. Uh, and unfortunately. Fortunately, for some people, the pe- pressure from one person, the governor, is too much uh, to, to do the right thing. And while I didn't think they, they believe in their hearts, as you can see uh, last night when uh, this vote was happening, um, you know, th- there was pressure being applied even as the vote was occurring because some members wanted to, in their hearts to really vote for this. Uh, but there was political pressure for them not to. So, um, you know, that's really a shame. The, the people of Pennsylvania deserve better than politics in a pandemic. They deserve uh, common sense. They deserve a holistic approach. And as Leader Benninghoff said last night, this is about the ability of a free people to do the right thing uh, in a safe way. And, um, you know, we've had seven months now to learn social distancing, mask wearing, uh, you know, hygienic precautions. And, you know, no employers want to do the right thing by their employees. They want to do the right thing by their customers. Uh, nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants to be in trouble. Uh, people want to go about their business as they know it and they can do it the best way. There, there is nobody who, who has more ingenuity than the American entrepreneur uh, and the American business owner, because they are the ones who uh, are looking to... Um, you know, do better not only for themselves, but but be competitive in in a very competitive environment. So. You know, if there's a way that they can get an edge by promoting that safety component of their restaurant uh, or of their business, they would do it. And that's this is a, allowing them to take that uh, to take that next step to, to be able to, to be creative with how they're being uh, safe and making sure that their employees and their customers remain safe, so that they continue to do business. Continue, more importantly, to support the jobs and, and the families that are
0: tied to that business, and make sure that we have a growing economy. And you bring up a good point here because. There, there are two things that are really important. We need to make sure that families can support themselves, that, that we have the jobs and we are building the, the economic situation, that we need to maintain that. But we also are looking at the best way to get past a problem, to overcome an obstacle, is to have that entrepreneurial spirit, have that creative spirit, and learn to get around things. And we, by one-size-fits-all government regulation, we are just not getting there. What steps do we have left to circumvent this governor's unilateral power? Well, frankly, our approach has been to try to get government out
1: of the way the entire time. Now, you know, I was in D.C. when the pandemic first hit, and I remember the stock market tanking day after day after day, and you know when the stock market uh, really started to look up is when the president stood in the Rose Garden and said, I am going to be harnessing the power of the private sector to combat this pandemic. you know, we can do more, and the government does best when it steps away, uh, when it has a a, a a guiding hand instead of a controlling hand. It sets
0: a goal and steps out, steps back and lets the market work.
1: Yeah, I mean, government does have a role to play, uh, but you know, it's not a controlling role. It's uh, it's it's one to ensure that people are doing the right things in the right way. Uh, not shutting down the ability of the of people that really are are the driving factor in America. You know we're very different from other countries, very different in in, in our approach to, to what government's role is. Um, you know people point to other countries and say, well they've done a much better job at containing the virus, but you know they are traditionally people who who are uh, more uh, more willing to listen to centralized power uh, or you know have a history of subservience to, to their government. Um, we're not that way. We we. You know, we we are people who are individualistic. Uh, we we rely on ourselves um, and the government here. And you could probably say, why why have we done such a poor job in responding to the pandemic? It's not at the national level, which has largely taken a step back to allow uh, you know the, the the private sector to 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 do what it's going to do, um, and and really left things to the governors to to plan appropriately in their own state to varying degrees of success. If you look at why Pennsylvania might be a little bit behind, not only in um, its its you know now fall resurgence, but also in in its its economy is because the government has had too much of a role to play in combating this virus now again there's a role to play um, you know, back in their five-month stabilizing budget, which fully funded education at the basic and higher education levels. Um, you know, the government provided fun- funding for Pennsylvania vaccine research um, to help our medical, uh, you know, uh, community out. Um, to, to to provide funding for um, you know those who have been been most uh, devastated by this pandemic. So you know, we do have a role to play, and, and and it's a very important role. But it shouldn't be the only role. We shouldn't be shutting people down. We shouldn't be shutting the private sector out. We shouldn't be telling people when or when they can't go to work. Uh, you know. Governor Wolf did something that Democrats have been wanting to do for a long time earlier in this pandemic, and that's making it illegal for people to go to work and do their job. If you remember when the state police were going around checking on uh, businesses who were open that should be closed, they were non-life sustaining. Um, You know, to this day, we still have thousands of Pennsylvanians who uh, have not received answers on their unemployment benefits from the very beginning of the pandemic. Uh, People who've been waiting seven, eight months uh, to hear back about their unemployment related to the coronavirus, and uh, and this government, uh, this governor has let them down, and um, a UC system that was not prepared to handle uh, the overbroad, wide-ranging, and draconian shutdown uh, from from earlier. This spring um, still has yet to figure out um, how to handle these uh, these folks. So, uh, lots of stuff going on. Really, the the, the answer is um, you know ending these uh, these these really um, onerous uh, and, and harmful
0: uh, restrictions, and you know letting Pennsylvanians do what they do best. He's Jason Gottesman. I'm Chuck Nichols. This is the Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. Listen for more on PA House Podcasts.